This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Angie, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm a little sad that we're not able to just be hanging out together and catching mm-hmm. up because I do miss you. So, but we're going to talk about some stories that I'm familiar with, but I bet not everybody listening is. So can you take us back to Audrey's pregnancy and talk a little bit about, about your story from that season? It was 12 years ago, which is really hard to believe. We were talking about that the other day, but the basic story is that I was pregnant with my daughter, Audrey. She would have been our fourth daughter. And we found out during the pregnancy, just like at a regular at our 20 week ultrasound that she had many um, issues that made her incompatible with life, Mm. the term that they used. And we ended up carrying her for several more weeks until she was past viability. We just want to give her a shot, you know, even though we were just praying for a miracle. We did not get the miracle that we really wanted, but um, she lived for about two and a half hours. And it was absolutely one of the hardest times of my life, but Mm. she's still so much part of our family, I feel like. So in fact, all the little neighborhood girls are designing they call us the Sleeverts or something. They somehow combined all of our, the Sneeverks, four families. They've combined our last name. Oh, and that's adorable. Mansion online for us to all, like a compound for us to all live in a giant house. Oh. And they gave Audrey a room. Oh. Which, I know Thank it you. killed me. So oh. yeah, it's still, it, I mean, it's so tender now, but yeah, it's really beautiful to see how much other people remember mm-hmm. her, include her. So, yeah. so let's talk about, that that see my one of my good good friends just walked through this and I was actually there with her the day that her baby died mm-hmm. and it was just you know and it reminded me of of you because mm-hmm. I feel like you have given so many people a picture into something mm-hmm. that is often private and often you know not talked about and mm-hmm. and so just in that season we're talking about you know, being fragile in this time. And I know since then, because I'm your friend, I know more and more horrific suffering that you've been through since then. Yeah. And I want to know just what that word fragile means to you. Mm -hmm. And I think even back, Angie, to your book cover of of a broken China plate that was pieced back together. I mean, this is really something that an image for you in your life. Yeah. I think fragile is a really good word to describe this. I mean, the last season of my life, like I I sort of almost use that term with my general life. Like there's always like a little bit of, I think for me right now, and in those situations, what I'm seeing is that even when I feel like I'm doing really well, Mm -hmm. I could still kind of take a turn quickly where it's like one of those things where this is the dumbest example, but I was at Ulta yesterday. And I, I mean, I've been out, but not like probably as much as some people have. And I had been doing okay with the whole pandemic. Like, I mean, we're my husband's best friend who's here said, Angie, let's be honest. You've been training for this mm. for 44 years. Like I like being home. Like I, yeah. right. so right. we go, I go to Ulta and everything's just taped down. Like everything just feels like, right. I think, and everyone's got masks on and all of a sudden, like, I just feel like I'm always sort of teetering on being broken. <laughs> And being whole, it just feels like there's a shift that I don't feel like I ever expected. I mean, even 
my, I mean, my dad passed away, which is part of what you were referring to. And I was in the store and it, I was okay. And then what actually broke me was I saw this bottle of Allure perfume, which was the first perfume my dad ever bought for me and like the smell. So it's stuff like that where you're, I think there's just a different tenderness right now Yeah. that um, even in the moments where we feel like we're kind of holding it together, it feels like most people I know are also like, but this could break at any time. Like, oh, right. It looks really solid right now, right. but in an hour, yeah. you might get a totally different answer. So it's, yeah, I, yeah, it's a good word for it. Yeah. I think you're right. I think I wake up some mornings and I'm like, I, I don't have any bearings. You know, I, I feel totally. like I don't have yep. time and space. Like it, yep. recently I kept talking about our staff meeting tomorrow. I'm going to talk to you you know, at our meeting tomorrow. And they're like, Jenny, it's Friday. That's four days away. And I was like, just, oh my I don't God. even know what to say. Like, it's so Isn't embarrassing. I sound like a senile 85 year old, but I cannot, but, I can't play, put my feet in, no. in time and space very well, no. you know, which does make it just all feel like what's secure and what's, I mean, what's it, solid. It, it absolutely. And I feel like, I mean, I, what's funny is I think everyone is forgetting the days of the week. Like yeah. it isn't just these crazy, I, yeah, I do it all. I did it today. I mean, where I was like, I think my thing is, you know, yeah. So I do. I think that that's part of it is just that it's what you said. There's just this like sort of like we're lost in space and time, and everything looks so weird. And you know, I'm watching my neighbor, who's one of my dearest friends, put her kindergartner on the bus, and he's the most like shy, and he has to put oh. on his little mask, and she's like, I've never seen his classroom. I've oh. never talked to his teacher. Yeah. Like in, yeah. she's like, I mean, I know what she looks like right here. She seems really nice, but all yeah. just that. <laughs> yes. I, t- I tend to have depression, anxiety, and I always have. And so in this season, mm. it's been extremely difficult. And I know I'm not mm. the only one, but it's exactly yeah. what you said. It's like, you just kind of can't get your bearings and it makes you mm. feel so unsteady. And that mm-hmm. feeling to me is like, it goes to panic. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not right. middle ground. It's not like, absolutely feel uneasy here. It's like, yeah. <gasps> so yeah. yeah. We, yeah okay, what we right? do is we, right. Well, One yeah, day? I mean, maybe, but then it's like, it's, it's like, it's the same as suffering all the things that you've been going through lately. It's like that, that's, that's also what grief does, right. Is it, yeah. it puts you kind of in an alternate reality and, yeah. And I want to talk, because I know there are so many women listening right now. I mean, I just, I specifically think of my dear friend, Cassie, who is just, you know, it's been one year, the anniversary just happened. And so I want you just to talk to them that those that have lost a child, looking back on that journey, what do you wish you could tell yourself back then? Hmm. I think I would probably talk about the fact that it's so funny. You asked that right when I said it regarding the pandemic, but that there is another side to this. Hmm you're, you're not going to be in this place forever. So yeah. for me, I would say at the time, it just felt like it would never end. Yeah. I felt like I would never yeah. recover. And grief is weird. I would probably tell myself that too, that it's again, like it isn't yeah. the steady, you know, like, okay, I'm better now. Okay. I'm it's, mm-hmm. it's unexpected. And I have a friend who's going through an incredibly difficult time and is getting a divorce. Um, Mm. and she said, you know, the other day was the day that they had gotten engaged. It was the anniversary. Mm. Like, I don't think I ever even remember the day we got engaged. Mm -mm. 
But she said, I was prepared to grieve on our wedding anniversary, but I wasn't Mm. prepared to grieve. And I said, I think there are a lot of engagements in life. Like, I think there are a lot of times that we're like, I'm grieving what I know is going to happen at Christmas, at a wed, at whatever the thing is that you know ahead of time. Like last year, I was like, my dad always brought this old thing that like turned the turkey all day and it would like squeak. Mm-hmm. And I just stood in the kitchen. And I was like, it's so quiet. And so I think there are times when you're like, if I were to talk to them, I would say, it's okay that things are going to catch you really off guard and it's okay to grieve. If it's 10 years from now, if it's five minutes from now, um, it's, it's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. I think the things that sneak up are the ones that just gut me, you yes. know? So, but there is another side. I, I don't feel the same way now that I did when I was in that situation. And I've had the opportunity to counsel a lot of women who were in that. And I feel like we've kind of come together and later they'll say there is another side. And now I'm going to keep telling people that, you know, it's like, yeah. this, look where I am, you know, yeah. I'm standing. Um, nothing replaces Audrey, but we've yeah. had another daughter since then. Um, and it just... It, it feels different now. She'll always be a part of our lives and a part of our story, but that moment doesn't last forever. And I also, with my friend who was crying, I said, this is the last time you're going to have to do the first one, you know, like, and I think there's a lot to be said about, you're going to get the first one anniversary, the day you found out you're pregnant, the day you found out, right. that, you know, I mean, there are all these markers along the way. It's silly things. Like I do yeah. relate to smells. I just remember like even a nurse that was taking care of me had this like perfume on and to this day, it'll mm-hmm. catch me off guard. So it's, I don't know. I just say it's okay when you feel things sneaking up on you that you're going to have to grieve up and down. I mean, it's just a roller coaster and, but there, it feels different now. And yeah. I know that when I was in the situation, it was good for me to hear that from other women. I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure that I believed it, Yeah, but there really is. And I'm grateful, but it was, it was like a rope, right? It was like, okay, I'll hang on to the rope. I'm still in the pit, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just hang on and like, hope that's that that's great. true and real. That's um, right. And it's not going to yank you up, but it's, it's right. at least like, Oh, maybe there's, there's something, there's something yeah. on the other side. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about how we love people through this because I mean, I would imagine I've, I think I've been with you, Angie, when people have said some things that I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Like I would want to just protect you from (laughs) in the midst of things. So let's talk about just how we love people better Mm. in suffering, because I think it's scary for some people. I think they're intimidated to lean in and and yet it's when people need to come around you the most. Yep. That's such, that's exactly what I would say happened and people who are in this. And I should also say, I will do I mean, I don't know if I've done this at if, I don't think so, but like a women of faith, like an arena. Mm-hmm. And I will say, if you have ever miscarried, if you ever lost a child, if you've ever like, I mean, any situation, if you've had an abortion, mm-hmm. if you're whatever way, would you yeah. stand? It's like half the arena. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too, is just remembering that you're not alone in this. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it can feel very lonely. And part of that is that I, I don't know that people know how to rally around and yeah. love it's because suffering is uncomfortable. It's, mm. it's, you know, because you're like, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing. I would much rather people just say <laughs> direct things than kind of be like, yes. Oh, how, you know, like I wanted to hear her name. Anyone mm. who has gone through this will say, I mean, I've, yes. I don't know that I've met anyone 
who would yeah. say it upset me. It's more like you've honored, you're remembering. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. honoring and being brave enough to push past what you think right. is appropriate because these are people that you, you can tell you they'll say something or you can tell, okay, that's a boundary that they're not, but they're not going to push you there. And there's a big gap between what you might be doing and what they really need. Also, I hope that people who are listening to this understand, I think they will, but sometimes the way that you live out the gospel is not by sitting and reading Bible verses to someone. And I think there's a lot of that of like, but the Lord, and you're like, I know that that's true. I, I know I see it in black and white and I believe right. it. But right now, I just want you to right. say this crappy. And I just want you to sit <laughs> within it. Yes. And I want you to like, I almost said a different word. And I, I was going to say maybe cuss a little. A to the men. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's use some words. Because that's sometimes all there is. It's like, there's no, yeah. It's like that bad. I mean, yeah. And I, I do think that even just sitting with someone in their grief, just being present in a way that shows them that you're with them. I totally understand because then I've gone through it with other people and I'm like, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's natural to not know what to do, but also just there's some stuff that's like practical. And I know that sounds, you're not going to fix this. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to understand that. Like, I want to get in and be like, but it's okay. We'll do this. And sometimes that just means like, I'm going to bring you dinner or, you know, I, I just think that you, we have to release ourselves from the feeling that we have an obligation to fix things. That's right. You just have to say, I want to enter into the process. I'm just a fixer. So that's where my mind goes that I want to be like, okay, well, what do we, you know? And yeah, I think it's because it's hard to just sit. I mean, we, we don't, we're not fixing things. We're not helping. And sometimes it's okay to just say that. I've said that to my friend. I'm like, I wish I had words, but I'm sitting Mm -hmm. here. So yeah. And I also just, my heart bleeds for people who have gone through this and are going through it because it's, it's a hard journey. Let's talk about seamless. I loved that study. You know, we love that study. We did it at gathering. We loved it so much. And now matchless, which girl, do you remember us talking? It was one of our first times we met and you were like Bible studies. I'm never touching that. Or some, you said something like that. You were like, no, no, no. Yes. And I was like, "I I don't believe it. But I mean, Angie, gosh, this is amazing. Like God is using both of these studies so powerfully. So talk to us a little bit about your vision for seamless and what really what God's been teaching you in just how to hope in the story of, of eternity, right? That's what it is. It's yeah, that there is a, there's a story and we're in this little part of it right here, which even today, I, I mean, that's, yeah. It's probably more information than everyone wants to hear. But like, if I were to say I struggle with one thing, as far as the gospel, I think it's, do we really, is there really eternity? Is there like, Mm. I believe, I mean, he says there is, but that if I had to pick one thing, I'm like, I can believe all of this. And I think part of it is I've had, I mean, for those who are listening and don't know my whole story, first of all, you're probably not a Christian. Second of all, (laughs) you would know every detail about my life. Right. Right. She's a Christian influencer. Come on, y'all. I am. I am am the talent. Um, (laughs) Talent. It's always how we treat you, Andy. Real special. (laughs) (laughs) I just think like, I I don't know. Like, I mean, because there's no way for us to touch it or see it. And so I can go through the gospel. And part of what I loved when I was writing Seamless is just that you start to see that 
just the way that the Old and New Testaments are connected. And I think that there's a gap in our in our education about scripture as far as the way that it really is one story. Mm. And so, you know, you start looking and you're like, okay, this was prophesied hundreds of, how could that, that doesn't happen by fluke. Right. You start looking at all this stuff and you're just sort of thinking, okay, if I believe all of this, then I've got to believe the rest of it, which is his promises about eternity. But I've lost in the last year and some, my father, who's my hero. And two months later, I lost my grandma. And just, I think that sometimes when you've gone through death that way, there's a part of you that's like, am I really ever, is that person just gone to me forever? Um, you know, and mm. in days where I really feel my soul just feels troubled yeah. and I pray constantly that I would have faith in that. And maybe faith isn't the right word, but just that I would live like I really believe it. Mm. And yeah, I, it's just so obscure, isn't it? Like we can't put our hands on it. Because if we could, you know, we're talking about grief and suffering and sorrow, the promises, like, you know, you said, can you tell them, you know, what you feel now? Would you speak to that? And I so wish that like, in like that, that would be that I could say, could you tell me now where you are in heaven? Can you just do the same thing? Can you remind me? Just talk back to me. Yes. Yes. Like, can you show me it's real? Yeah. Right. Like where you are now, can you speak to me? I I just feel like there's the sense of, it's just such a mystery. And of course it's supposed to be, but I, I feel like a lot of times when you grieve well, you grieve really believing the promise that it isn't forever. Where I get stuck is if I'm like, this is it. And it's terrible. And I've lost my child. And, you know, and I think especially in this season, everything that's going on, everything that just feels so upside down more than ever, we need to have our eyes looking forward. Right. But it's hard because we're so stuck right here. So I know, I think there's right. Cause it's, well, it's literally the thing I want to just camp here for just a minute because it's literally the thing that is our hope, right? It's, Jesus forever. <laughs> those, right. those two things yes. are our hope. So right. it, it, and yet, yes, I'm with you. Jesus, evidence of his life on earth, evidence of his resurrection, all of that. Yes. Which should be evidence of our future, right? And our resurrection. Right. But, but he didn't spell out every detail. Like when you close your eyes, you know, this is what's going to happen. Exactly. And, and so I do think that that part is hard for people for really being honest. You know, right. and, and and I think more so those of us that really think about it a lot. Like that is something I do think about uh, an unusual amount. Like I think about I death do. more than most humans, I think. And I'm I sure do. you do with what you've been through. But I think probably a lot of people do. And I think it's a good thing to bring up right now, just because if I think everyone wants to live walking through whatever we're walking through at Ulta with our masks on, like right. every single thing that we're seeing I wish that I could be in that and be just so yeah. confident of the hope that it didn't even affect right. me. That I was like, well, this is nothing. This is, <laughs> you know, and I do, I remember when my dad was really sick and I went to Target and there was this woman. And of course I like was trying to organize their house cause it had gotten really bad. So I have all these bins that mm. I'm, you know, and like carts, <laughs> this poor woman is like, are you organizing? Well, it just, it, 
I don't know why. Just I, she was yeah. so sweet. And started crying. <laughs> She's like boop boop. Like I don't know what to do with you, psycho. They did not train us to do this because you're crying and telling me about your like third grade teacher. I need to calm down. So at one point, I just looked at her and I was like, my dad is dying, and I don't know how to deal with it. And she literally leaned across the counter and she said, baby, listen to me. We're just passing through. We're just passing mm. through life. And God I was, gave you a little preacher. <laughs> right? I mean, it, and then she like kept, she asked him what his name was so she could pray for him. Oh, and of course I'm like, like, I don't want it to be over. So I'm like grabbing gum. Like, you right. know, I'm like, turn your light off. Like, yeah. Can you guys light? behind me just go away, please? I totally <laughs> did. But it, I pray for those moments. Yeah. Because you know those moments that God saw you. Yes. And he used this person. Um, I also got pulled over like a mile from there right after I left. <laughs> and the police officer, like eventually in our conversation, of course, he was like, are you organizing? And I'm like, oh my gosh, my third grade teacher. Like I lose it again. I didn't get a ticket. But it, I mean, he said, how can I pray for you? And though, I mean, within a 15 minute time span. I, I pray for those things that yeah. are like, there are so many people around us who believe so yeah. much that their first reaction is to a stranger we're passing through. Mm-hmm. That to me, that kind of faith to say those words. Yeah. Those moments are, I think when I'm like, this is real, that that's yeah. real. And I'm going to thank her one day. I pray for that mm-hmm. a lot. I think that that's one of the things that moves me to a different hope in eternity. I borrow, mm. I think I borrow other people's hopes sometimes. Well, and that's what scripture tells us to do. Cause I've walked through that intense season of doubt for 18 months. And I, everybody's like, did, when you look back at that, were you being a hypocrite? Were you what? I was like, no, I was, I was borrowing people's faith. It was the evidence of th- faith is the evidence of things unseen. I was taking from everything I could get my Tim Keller. I mean, he was just in my ears oh. the whole time. Cause I was like, I've yes. got to hear somebody that's smart. Just tell me over and over again. This yes. is true. This is true. This is true. Absolutely. And, and I think that's okay. It's like, there's yeah. going to be times that's a, actually, I think it's wisdom that Thank we look you. for the ways we can see God and the people around us as, as Absolutely. much as possible. And I think if we pray for that, he'll provide it. I, he has right. for me many times. Hey guys, this is Chloe, and I just want to make sure you know about the free life inventory PDF on Jenny's website that we made for you. One of the things we love to do at the Made for This podcast is create free, helpful resources for you to print out and use alongside each season of the podcast. So this season, we have made a free PDF for you called the Life Inventory. It is a series of worksheets. It has conversation cards and all kinds of things we know you'll love. And it's just going to help you look back on the last couple months and grieve what was, celebrate what is, what's right in front of you, and then also look ahead and dream into the future. My husband and I do it every single year, and it's just a great way to kind of pause take inventory of every area of our life from finances to our bodies and our families and everything in between. And we know that you will love it too. So you can go to JennyAllen.com and download that free life inventory PDF today. So Matchless, this is the new study. Talk just a little bit about your passion for that. Well, it's about Jesus. So I think for me, it was really 
the heart of the project is that I think you can know all of the facts of scripture or a lot of facts without really understanding the story of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I felt like there are all these sort of under stories that are not like that you might miss the symbolism of things or the way that things are woven together and just who he was as a person on earth. And, Mm. you know, I started writing and I'm like, I just would cry. Like I would get to the part where he was in the temple when he's 12 and Mary knows she's going to have to be like releasing him. And I think a lot of times we read that, but we don't think about like he had ear infections that maybe she, Mm. you know, was worried about him and he fell and he probably like ran to his dad when he came home from, you know, whatever, played with his friends outside. And she's remembering all of those things. And I think it's easy for us to like tell the story without really processing mm. what's underneath it. And yeah. so that was really my hope. And also like just knowledge things like the writers of the gospels, like there are four writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I, for the majority of my Christian life thought they all hung out with Jesus, like that they were all disciples. I'm like, oh no, like one might never have met him, you know, likely didn't. So those kinds of things where I'm like, that's not an, I don't think the average person has processed those kinds of details. And I always have felt like there's so much power in knowledge of what's going on and feeling like, oh, I understand that now. This guy was the teacher of this guy, or I don't know, Mm -hmm. for me, that just makes it I'll get to scripture. I'll be like, Oh, that's where, and I I love that feeling because like we said before, there's no way it happened by chance. And the more you dig into it, the more you're like, it would be impossible for this not to be true. Like, I heard you say this, you're like, God is so smart. I like him so much. Like, I love when you always (laughs) say like, I like him so much, but yeah, it's, so that was the project. Well, and I think of, I mean, I think of the way you view it all, Angie, and I think it's why I've always just wanted to be in a corner with you, like talking about all these deep things, because I I just think that for you, it's like, you know what? It's simple. Like it's complicated. As much as you love the detail, you're like, listen, this is just who he is. This is how it works. And, and you don't fake it. And you also don't complicate it. And I think that is why people are so drawn to your teaching because you know, I, I, somebody said about Max Lucado, and I think this is true of you too. It's, it's on the, it's the cookies on the bottom shelf that just, but yet at the same time, mm-hmm. it's good. It's a cookie, complicated, place. awesome cookie yeah. you know, that, that shows that's the great. beauty of God, but, I love but it's, that. it's for every person. And I think that yeah. was you. I mean, that's your story is, is mm-hmm. you found God later in life and you remember that feeling of like, I, I mean, I love your story about your, your Bible, <laughs> your, oh your Catholic precious Catholic, moments, your precious moments. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's just so good. That's the thing. It's exactly what you said in my Bible study and a million other Bible studies and a million other teachers and all of this, yeah. like the whole point of what we're saying is this is for everyone. Yes. Like this, the gospel was not for scholars only or teachers, or it's like one of those things where we get to use our voices to say, this is for you. We're all in this. Like yeah. you can understand this. You can do this. And I, I don't know. I just feel like the more you get into scripture and the more you start to connect your relationship with Jesus changes. And so I love, I love the opportunity to like Mm. say, I don't know. It's so fun for me to be like, do you get it? Like, isn't it 
look, we're on the same page and we're getting it. So I like that cookie analogy. Use that. If you, okay, before we go, here's what I want you to do is I want you to imagine that person because they're out there, Angie, they're listening right now and their Mm -hmm. world is spinning and they cannot find their bearings and they feel absolutely like they might break at any moment. What would you say to them? Well, first of all, I would just acknowledge that I think that's a reasonable place to feel right now. I think for each of us, there's something that we will cling to that makes more sense for each of us. So some people I'm not in counseling right now or your friendships, or I just, I feel like right now, even as for those people fight to push past what you're feeling, fight to get to someone or something that is going to minister to you. I think it's really easy what I've seen and where a lot of the depression and anxiety comes in is that I've sort of like hold myself up. Like, like I just stay in my house because everything out there is like, and I'll notice silly things like I'll be driving and all of a sudden I'm like, it's okay. I've gotten, I've pushed past that. So whatever it is that's like in front of you that you can't push past, ask the Lord to help you do it. I feel like it's so easy to be stuck. And I do know also that there are days where you feel like you can't get out of bed. Maybe you don't get out of bed. And that again is reasonable, but it's also not something that you need or want to stay in. So ask for help. And my, I think the biggest thing is really for me that I've, I've pushed past what feels uncomfortable and what feels impossible. And when you do, and you see a glimpse of it, it just changes the way that you've made yourself feel in this time. It's, it's just, I'm just thinking of myself as one of those women. And really I have a lot of empathy. It makes me cry. So yeah, I, I just think that for us to all remember what I said before, even there is another side to this. It, it isn't, it isn't going to be exactly this way forever. We might even get heaven. I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm banking on it. I'm banking on it. <laughs> Likewise. Hey, if the rest is true and Jesus can raise from the dead, right? I, we can too. Yeah. It has to it's be. A crazy story. Right. It's a crazy story we're a part yep. of, but crazy things have happened. And yes. Yes. And I know that. Yeah. And also what I, we said about borrowing hope and borrowing people's yeah. faith. I mean, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of beauty in praying for opportunities where someone will speak into you in a way where I have friends, certain friends who I'm around that I'll just, they'll come to me and say something. And it's like, okay, just Mm -hmm. that belief is, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's one of the things that I pray for. And I feel like the Lord really honors because especially now and in the past a little bit, I've really needed it. Well, and to comfort everybody listening that's in that place, I think it's just part of the journey of faith. I mean, there are those few people that maybe never, ever questioned, but I do think do you that know what we call those people? faith is doubt. We what? call them liars. That's what I say. I mean, literally, there is no <laughs> way that you didn't have a moment. I mean, like. I know. Why do we, we not talk about this more? Thing. It would make everybody yeah. feel more sane. I know. I, and Tim Keller talks about it. And he says, because I listened to him during my season of oh. doubt. And he was like, listen, people are, people doubt. And it's yeah. actually a sign of faith. It's not a sign 100%. that you don't have faith. percent. I mean, if you even think about like Thomas, it always makes me feel better. I'm like, he yeah. doubted because he wanted to believe so much. That's right. That's and I right. think it's different. And so even now in this season, right. if you're struggling, the point is you're fighting for, for the truth. That's and right. 
I, I think that the doubt is representative of the fact that you want to believe so much. Mm. And yeah. And if we feel shame about it, it can grow, right? It stays in us yeah. and we don't ever, we don't ever fight it. And I yep. think we need each other to do that. Girl, this Absolutely. was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my you. gosh. I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. I told Jenny, I'm like, I've got to hurry because I have to take my kid to the dentist I'll, again, real life, right? Like yeah, we're doing that's right. So, oh yeah. I got to go get Cooper. I know. Isn't it funny? I'm like, right. we're all just doing our best. That's right. Everyone is doing their best right now. So got to just get through it and I don't know. I'm grateful for moments like this because again, like I'm borrowing a little bit of your faith right now. Me too. Me too, girl. So grateful for you. Hey, this is Chloe. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Angie Smith and Jenny. Angie has some amazing books and Bible studies out there that we want to make sure you know about. You will love her Bible studies called Seamless. And then her most recent one is called Matchless. And it is all about Jesus. And I know like so many of us who walk through these seasons of losing a child, miscarriage, and so many other things. Sometimes we just need a book or a gift to send to a friend or for ourselves. And Angie has a precious book that's called I Will Carry You, The Sacred Dance of Grief and Joy. We will link a few of those books and things that we love from Angie in the show notes. We love that you're on this journey with us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Mm -hmm.